Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Russell Wortham Show. My name is Russell Wortham, coming to you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona, a stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon, folks. We are back and back in the middle of greatness. All right, so this is another uh, pop-up episode for the summer. Uh, I am catching up with all my wrestling, and so this is going to be pretty much a wrestling-centric show. So, with that in mind, gosh, this was about a month ago, and I told you all that I was getting out of the politics in current events game. This was just going to be solely and squarely a sports podcast. And I wanted to keep my promise. And for the most part, I I think that I have. Uh, For those of you who didn't hear, aren't aware, I started this off years ago as a sports podcast. And... I wanted so badly to just keep it as a sports uh, broadcast podcast. And for a while there, I was successful. But what happened was real life started blending into sports. Current events started to bleed into sports. And so that kind of forced me to come in every single week, and say, oh my gosh, did you see this? Oh my gosh, did you see this? And I finally just gave in, and I said, fine. You want me to talk current events? You want me to talk politics? Here's me, raw and varnished. This is is who I am. So, what, um, what happened was... Pardon me. Um, What happened was, I went and I said, all right, I will, I will talk politics, I will, I'll do that. So, I got very jaded, I got very cynical, and... Uh, I was angry. I was just I was just angry about how the world was going. One of my friends, <clears throat> uh, one of my very good friends, I've known her for, gosh, over twenty years at this point, and she reached out to me and said, "Love the show, listen to the show, but." It seems like you're just one-sided, and why, why aren't you bringing in other, uh, <coughs> me, uh, other um, viewpoints? And that really shook me. And I was like, "Yeah, you're you're right. I should." 
I don't really have a way of doing that right now. But if I can figure that out between now and when I start up full-time again in September, absolutely. But I, I thought, okay, yeah, you're right. So I made the decision to get rid of the negativity, to get away from the hate, and to just focus on what I love, and that's sports. Because I figured, yes, you're right, other viewpoints aren't being espoused. And, frankly, you guys knew where I stood. And I wasn't going to change. I wasn't going to change my viewpoint uh, on... on uh, things politically. So I thought I could be banging my head up against the wall or I could be doing what I actually love. So I made the decision to move back to just squarely sports. That said, today, if you'll indulge me, I need to figuratively, because I can't really, uh, but I need to figuratively stand up and stand up for people that are being punished for the color of their skin and for wanting a better life. Uh, By now, most of you, if not all of us, have seen the horrific conditions along the southern border where I'm at in these detention facilities. And the idea that we are holding human beings in pens, in cages, in virtual filth and squalor is just unacceptable to me. I was uh, I was looking at the conditions, I was looking at people that were sitting on hard concrete floors. If you ever sat on a concrete floor or tried to sleep on it, it's not fun. It is just really, 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 yeah, it's not fun. It's cold. It's hard. It can't get comfortable. And maybe that's the point. But these videos, these pictures have been circulating of uh, these people from Central America trying to come here, trying to look for asylum. Because they honestly are fleeing from violence and drugs and gangs and murder and all these other things. And what's happening is, well, it's a matter of perspective, unfortunately. See, my one of my professors in college, and I, I remember to this day, said, meaning is in the receiver. What they meant by that is, 
you can see a car crash. Ten people can see a car crash. At the exact same time, all of that. Excuse me. But, uh, based off of your own biases, your own perspective, you can go down the line and say, okay, tell me what you saw. And you're going to get ten different accounts. So, you're given a piece of information, but it's up to each each individual uh, person to put meaning to whatever they saw, touched, smelled, heard, whatever. And that's just how humans are. So when a democratic party, if you will, uh, went to, you know, one of the detention facilities over in Texas, and by now, he, you, you've heard the sound bites. It's a concentration camp. People were just, it was just horrid. The smells, the screams, the squalor, just, it was, it was bad. Same place, same say, same setup, same everything. Republicans later come in and they offer basically a different version. They're like, well, yes, there is overcrowding, but it's not our fault. No, no, no. It's 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 the Democrats' fault for for this because they want open borders. Now, again, I'm not going to get into the weeds. As far as immigration, or that's not what I'm here for. But it's a matter of perception. Some people come in, and based off their values, their beliefs, their biases, they see something, and they think, oh my gosh, squalor, humanitarian crisis, just this is not who we are as Americans. Another group, biases the whole bit goes in eh, well these people get what they deserve they wanted to come into this country so badly and it's not our fault it's not our fault that there's this problem of overcrowding and all that and and I thought to myself oh my gosh why are you people sleeping on the floor again I don't care who you are. I don't care what ethnicity you are, religion, uh, male, female, whatever. You you just don't sleep on the floor. If you can help it, I've seen some people, I know people, without naming names, that like to sleep on the floor. That's fine. But by and large, you don't do that. And so what happens is that I I thought, oh my gosh, uh, why aren't they in proper bedding? At least give them proper bedding, you know? And 
because of decisions that politicians have made. Apparently, uh, <clears throat> the federal government has said that nobody can provide betting. Which I think is just an absolute crime and it's a travesty because you're punishing people for wanting a better life. That's just me. Now, I've got a good friend of mine. We go back to high school. His name is Luke Mickelson. He is the owner and proprietor of a company and it's a really cool company. And it's called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. It is so cool. They provide bedding for low-income, disadvantaged uh, people, especially children. Because his philosophy and their philosophy is that no child should be without a bed, without comfort. And... My friend wants desperately, I mean desperately, to provide bedding for all these people that are in these detention centers. To give them a clean space, to give them a place that, 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 that's comfortable to, to be like, okay, yeah, you're... you're a value. You're a human being. But the federal government, for whatever reason, has decided to not allow my friend Luke to provide those beds. So I am coming on. Before we get to the fun stuff, because like I said, we've got a crap ton of wrestling to get through. But I am rising today to say, please help these human beings out. I know that there's been anger about immigration. I know there's been anger about Race. I understand that there's been anger about economic opportunities. I get all that. And I'm not here to debate any of that. I'm simply here to plead, to beg, okay, to beg all of you to do what Christ asked us to do, and it's to love one another because that's just how we as humans need to be. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Christ didn't just ask us to love one another. No, he commanded us. That is a straight up commandment from the Lord. So I'm telling you. If you're Christian, if you identify yourself as Christian, and I do, 100%, then you need to love your fellow neighbor. Period. End of story, end of discussion. That's simple. 
there was a uh, there was a, a, a another instance where Christ told the uh, you know told his followers saying you want to know how to get in heaven you clothe the naked you feed the hungry you help those who are sick and and who are in need and one person went up to him and said uh, when have we done all these things you're telling us that we should be doing and he said if you've done any of those things to the least of these our brethren and sisters, you've also done it to me. But conversely, if you've shut out people because of their race or their gender or their religion or any other factor that's dividing us in 2019, and you've not been a good neighbor... You've also done that to Christ. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to have to answer for anything in the next life. Oh, I'll make a full counting, all right. But I don't want to have to explain, yeah, I was a jerk this time. And, well, I wasn't really helpful this time. And, oh, there was this one time that, Fill in the blank, and I, I I don't want to have to explain anything. I I don't. So I know some of you are indifferent. I know some of you were kind of like the people from last night with the president. Uh, chancing send her home. I'm not saying all of you. I'm saying I know that some of you may be like that. But I'm trying to appeal to your sense of humanity. I'm trying to appeal to your sense of being religious. Whatever your religion is. Christian, uh, Buddhist, Muslim, Jewish, doesn't matter. Pagan, doesn't matter. We're all human beings. We're all here to help each other out. So if you want to live a good life, if you want to live an exemplary life, then help these people that are just looking for a better life. And please, 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 please help my friend Luke. Help people like my friend Luke who are just trying to give these people just decency and humanity. Tell your congressmen and women and senators, no, 
We are not treating these people like animals. We are not putting them in cages. We are not putting them in pens. We are not that way. You know, the, the, the rallying cry after World War II was never again. Never again would we reduce and degrade another human being down to being just a number. You know, one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life was footage of children running up to fences at concentration camps in Europe and just holding out their arms so you know people could you know could see that oh my gosh they they were branded or tattooed with just a number that's all they were to the Nazi party at the time was just a number. That's not hyperbole. That's not me trying to gin up some sort of sentiment. That's a fact. That's a straight up fact. So please help my friend Luke and help people like my friend Luke who want to provide just a basic kindness. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong that we're not past feeling as humans. Prove me wrong that we're not barbaric. I know that we're different. I'm disabled. And I'm in the plus category with the LGBTQ plus community. I'm an ally. I know people who are same-sex attracted. I know people who are gay. I know people who are lesbian. I know transgendered people. And I'm I'm a firm and proud ally of theirs. I make no no apologies, no bones about that. But wherever we are in this stage of our lives, I mean, white, black, native, Hispanic, Asian. You know, whether we were born in this country or we came to this country. We're all human beings. We are all human beings. And I am begging you, I am pleading with you people. Show some humanity. Help me. Help my friend Luke. Help people like my friend Luke that are trying to provide just kindness. We need kindness in this world. I'm getting hot because it's so easy to be 
just so quick to anger. But it's tougher to love, and I tell you, it's getting tougher every day. But I assure you, I I, I give you a hundred percent guarantee. I've seen it. I've seen people who nobody really cared about, nobody really liked. You showed them some kindness. You showed them some love. And I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking just love and respect. People can change. I've seen it. I have seen it. I have seen it happen. But I can also tell you that I've unfortunately seen how people can just turn dark when... They feel neglected, abandoned, abused, hated. I've seen it. It's not fun. Choose love. Choose hope. Choose humanity. Anyway, that's the opening. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to share with you my 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 thoughts like I said we're going to get to what I'm calling <laughs> this week the crap ton of wrestling <laughs> show where we're going to be talking about all elite wrestling we're going to be talking about evolve and of course WWE but uh, I just wanted to share with you my thoughts and how I believe that we need to love one another. Not because it's just a nice thing to do, but because Christ commanded us. <laughs> if we if we espouse any belief, even if we just think. You know, some people just think that Christ was just a good, good person. Christ told us, love one another. I don't think that's too much to ask. Right. Uh, Give me, for you, it's going to be no time for me. It's going to be a little bit of time to set up uh, as I... Pull up the uh, you know the results from all wrestling from Evolve from WWE, and I'll go through each one of the cards and I'll tell you what I thought about each uh, thing. So I will be back and we will get to the good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. All right, so we are uh, going to talk first about All Elite Wrestling. Now, just some very, very quick notes about All Elite. I love the presentation. I love the idea. I love that it's wrestler-driven. So I think that it can work down the Road. But here's the problem that I've had, and this was more so with Fighter Fest than with Fight for the Fallen. 
And that was a matter of presentation. Uh, what I mean by that is pretty much who you're presenting to. Your at, at Firefest, it was gamers and wrestling fans coming together, and it's kind of like, well, all wrestling fans are gamers, but not all gamers are wrestling fans, if that makes sense. Uh, it was just this weird mix. Now, I will be honest, for about 90% of it, I didn't really listen to the commentary, didn't listen to the crowd, but they just looked so bored. It was like... And some people got the referencing when Young Bucks came out. You know, as as Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter. Some people got the referencing from uh, Kenny Omega when he came out as Aguma from Street Fighter. But again, not everybody got the references. And so it was just kind of like, oh, okay. So that was one thing that I was kind of worried about. The other thing I was worried about in terms of the referencing is that if you're not an independent wrestling fan, if you're not in with like, let's say, New Japan, or over in the UK, or Impact, or down in Mexico, you don't know who half these people are, and so they have to spend half the match just telling you about who they are, and their backstory, and their characters' backstories, and it's just kind of like, okay, and that's what makes WWE now, and F back in the day, accessible, because, well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm 40, all right, I'm, I'm 40, so, I, I started watching wrestling when I was four, and that was with Hogan, and that was with some of these other, uh, wrestlers, and, that's what was so accessible about WWF back in the day was you had, it's like, oh my gosh, that's Hulk Hogan. We've seen him around the country. Oh my gosh, that's Andre the Giant. He's been a star for 15 years. We know who he is. Oh my gosh, that's Randy Savage. We know who he is. Oh my gosh, that's Roddy Piper. We know who he is. That's Bret Hart. Same thing. And so... There was that already built, like, we know who these people are, and oh, that's cool, they're in WWE now. Whereas all elite wrestling, it's this hodgepodge of of talent from around the world that, again, if you're not into the independent scene, you don't really know who some of these people are. And it's not an insurmountable thing to, to, to happen uh, to get to the point where people are like, okay, now we're invested in the person and the character because we know who these people are. It's just going to take some time and effort. But, you know, if, if you had 
And I'm not saying this in a derogatory sense, but if you had 10 people in uh, a lineup and they're all wearing the same thing, all look the same way, all that, and you say, all right, uh, pick out who MJF is. Like, uh, I don't know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Pick out who Darby Allen is. I don't know who, I mean, I couldn't pick out Darby Allen from a lineup of 10 people. Okay, okay. Pick out who Jimmy Havoc is. That's an easy one. I'd be like, um, uh, sorry. And that's, again, that's not being derogatory. That's just, if you're not in with the independent crowd, you don't know who these people are. And, again, I think that given the exposure, given time, given uh, storylines and all that, I really believe that all elite wrestling can get there. But uh, it's just going to take some time. And I don't know if people are going to be patient with all elite wrestling, especially now with this fast-paced 24-hour news cycle world that we live in, I don't really know if they're going to be just, well, (laughs) to use the phrase, I don't know if people are going to be all in with all elite wrestling. I just, I don't. But, like I said, those things can, can happen over time. So, uh, let's get to Fighter Fest. And uh, now, I didn't watch the pre show, so I'm just going to go into the main card. So you've got Chima defeating Christopher Daniels. It was a really good match. Christopher Daniels, this guy is ageless wonder. I mean, he's darn near 50. And he he moves around like he's 30. I mean, it's just that incredible, you know. Uh, it's just that incredible what Christopher Daniels, you know, can, can do. And this Chima fella, I, I didn't, I mean, I had heard the name, but I, I'm like, I, I don't really know who you are. That guy, that guy can go. Good heavens. So it was a fast-paced match. It was a fun match. Loved it. The next one was uh, Riho uh, defeating uh, Yuka Sakazawi, or Sakazaki, I should say, uh, and Naya Rose in a uh, three-way match, triple threat match. Again, high-paced, just, you know, the two Japanese... Uh, wrestlers were amazing. They they do stuff that I'm just constantly amazed by. And then uh, Nyla Rose, oh my gosh, she is a beast. I mean, she is a beast, and and she does stuff that I'm like, that's Braun Strowman territory. Of you're moving that fast for for bigger wrestler. Good Lord. I mean, you give her some direction, some push, she will 
be on top of the food chain for a very, very long time. I'm, I'm almost 100% certain of that. Uh, so there's that. Uh, next up was uh, Hangman Page, Adam Page, beating Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus and MJF um, in a fatal four-way. Adam Page is completely underrated in terms of just who he is. Because people know about Cody Rhodes, they know about the Young Bucks, they know about Kenny Omega, but Hangman Page, I mean, that guy is just good. He reminds me a lot because of you know how he's built his moveset, how he works in the ring. He reminds me of Barry Windham, and that is huge. That's huge. So, yeah, Adam Page, yeah, that guy, that guy is good. He's going to be a star. I really believe that. Uh, Next up, you had Cody with Brandy Rhodes. Good Lord, Brandy Rhodes. Oh, boy. That's all I got to say. He's kind of like Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say. Uh, freaking Brandy Rhodes, good lord. <laughs> but Cody Rhodes um, and Darby Allen fight to a time limit draw. It was a weird match because I had heard that it was a 20 minute time limit, or at least I, I, I figured it was. Uh, but when Cody was going for the pin in the ref, started counting is like one two and then pulled up I'm like did Darby Allen just put his foot on the rope what what's what's why are you stopping the count and then it was oh we're sorry it was you know it's a time limit draw and I'm like are you kidding me um and I'm not trying to disparage Darby Allen because uh and he, he is a good wrestler, you know. But I was listening to other podcasts, and they were talking about Darby Allen, and you know, he's built up to be like this really just hardcore sadistic wrestler, and so there was that perception of like, oh, okay, okay, and Cody dominated ninety percent of that match. It was just like, okay, is this Darby Allen is advertised? I don't know. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying I don't want to disparage the guy is, well, one, he's 21. But two, uh, he did a one-off appearance a couple weeks back here in Tucson for Cactus League Wrestling. So... I, again, I don't want to disparage Darby Allen, but I just I'm like I don't I don't see it. I maybe it's there. I I just don't see it. Um, but then you had uh, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks beating the 
uh, Lucha Brothers, which is Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, and the Laredo Kid, and six-man tag match. That was fun. That was fun. I, I loved it. The only problem, and we touched on this you know, earlier in the segment, was that the Bucks came out uh, dressed as Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter, Kenny Omega was Akuma, and it was just kind of like, if you got the reference, if you got the referencing, it was a cool moment. It was like, okay, that's really cool. If you didn't get the referencing, it was kind of like, uh, okay, who are you supposed to be? Um, but uh, again, that's just, that's just a matter of, you know, who they were presenting to. Uh, but it was really cool. It was a nice touch for one of the Bucks to go to Justin Roberts and say, hey, say round one fight. But even... Justin Roberts, I don't think, I mean, uh, I think he got the reference, but it was just kind of like, um, oh, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really, it was really good. All right, uh, next up is Fight for the Fallen. And... This was actually just uh, earlier in uh, the week. I didn't see too much of it, uh, but I'll, I'll go through this nonetheless. So you had MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears, former Ty Dillinger, uh, defeating Darby Allen. Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela in a six-man tag match. Again, it was good. It's good pace, good action. So, there's that. Uh, Brandy Rhodes with Awesome Kong defeating Ali. Brandy Rhodes is completely underrated as a wrestler. I mean, I know that she's not really a wrestler um, by, by trade. But Brandy, Brandy, Brandy's, Brandy's good. <laughs> she, she's really worked hard to, to do things. And I'm not saying she's going to do this like all the time, but I think for, you know, for a while there, yeah, I think she'll, she'll, she'll have done that. Uh, next up. Uh, the Dark Order, uh, which is uh, evil. Uno and Stu Grayson defeating uh, and Hell Ho, uh, eh, eh, well, Angelico, um, but that's it, the um, Spanish uh, version of that. So anyway, and uh, Jack Evans and a boy, Science Sword Jungle Boy, and uh, Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt in a three-way tag team match to announce uh, 
or an advance to uh, all out for an opportunity. The first round by in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Um, again, didn't really see the match, but you know, uh, I I heard good things with that. Uh, Adam Page uh, defeating Kip Sabian. Lucha Brothers uh, defeating SoCal uh, Uncensored. Ken Omega beats uh, Chima. And then the Young Bucks defeating uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. So that is all Elite Wrestling. One last thing I wanted to mention about all Elite before I uh, move on to... Evolve, and that is uh, the curious case of John Moxley. Uh, now, those of you who know about John, you know, know him better as Dean Ambrose, former WWE superstar. Uh, and this is a case of context is king as. Uh, as Eric Bischoff uh, says. And that context is just how miserable that John Moxley was in the creative process. Uh, I won't go through really what he said in the interviews, but, but please just listen to both Chris Jericho's interview with John Moxley and Steve Austin's, uh, when he interviewed him on the network, and you'll 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 see that John was a fan of wrestling, but he just he was drained because he wasn't really allowed to be creative. So uh, that's all I'll really say about that. But so when I saw John Longsleeve. At Fighter Fest, and this was before I listened to the two interviews. I thought, why are you not in WWE? How are you not in WWE? WWE is like the highest. My gosh. I mean, what the heck? I know you were frustrated with being there, but come on. Hello. But after listening to both interviews, I'm like, oh, okay. I. I get it. You were frustrated creatively. I get it. So that is that. Right. <clears throat> I will be uh, back. And uh, like I said, next segment, we are going to be talking about Evolve Wrestling. They had their 10th anniversary show same night as... Uh, fight for the fallen, but it was it was just absolutely incredible. Uh, so we will come back. We'll talk about evolve the tenth anniversary show, and then we will wrap up with WWE. Do not go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. We're talking about Evolve, the 10th anniversary show 
on the WWE Network. And this was a fun card. This was a fun show because it brought me back to my childhood. It was minimal scripting. It was just letting people wrestle, let the wrestling speak for themselves. Speaking from the heart when he had to, the passion from the Philadelphia crowd, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was just brilliant. Loved it. So, uh, we start off with Josh Briggs defeating Anthony Green with Brandy Lauren uh, in a The Future Is Now showcase match. Josh Briggs is a beast. This guy is a beast. I mean, he I think he's like 6'5", six, 6'7", six, something like that. I mean, this guy is massive. Good Lord. And he opposed his will. You know, he imposed his will on Anthony Green quite a bit during the match. It was a good match. Uh, but yeah, this was absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen Josh Briggs, this guy's got star written all over him. I mean, flat out, my opinion. Uh, next up was a fatal four, uh, fatal four away match with Stephen Wolf uh, defeating Kurt Stallion, Sean Maluda, and Harlem Bravado. Uh, now, out of the four, the only one that I vaguely knew was Sean Maluda, and I, I didn't really, I mean, I recognized the name, but I'm like, huh, that sounds vaguely familiar, but, uh, when he came out, I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're Roman's cousin, okay, cool, alright, yep, I'm, 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 I am all in on that. Uh, but um, Stephen Wolf, I mean, this was a fast paced, not necessarily car crash of a match, but it was a fast paced match. It was, it was just really a good, solid match. They got all their spots in. And I, I think all four of these guys have a really bright future. In Evolve Wrestling. I, I really do. Next up was uh, Arturo Huas beating Anthony Henry in a grudge match. 9.45 was the time. And again, you had a lot of back and forth. Both of them are MMA trained uh, fighters. And so it was a lot of submission type wrestling. It was a lot of uh, power moves. It was it was incredible. The ending was a little wonky. It was like, uh, uh, well, it's done. Oh, um, oh, oh, okay. But they told a story, and what I like about this, and I know this is gonna seem. Like, not necessarily hypocritical, but it's like, okay, well, 
So he criticized Ali for spending half the match trying to explain who these people are. And yet, Evolve did the same thing and you're okay with Evolve doing it? (sighs) Yeah, I, I know that's kind of splitting hairs. But from what it sounded like, okay, from what it sounded like, this to us and uh, Anthony Henry just do not like each other. Whether or not that's true in real life, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But professionally, there was that built-in story. Apparently, they've wrestled all over the world. They've wrestled and evolved. And yeah, this was a grudge match. And you could tell it was just really well paced, well uh, told story. It was it was incredible. Loved it. Uh, Randy Lauren defeating Shotzi Blackheart in a no disqualification match. And uh, you know this was again this was. You know, a match that was kind of like, oh, okay, um, you know. But these two just, they're they're oil and water. I mean, again, I don't know if they like each other outside the ring and all that. But inside the ring, I mean, they just tore each other apart. I was really impressed by this, by this uh, Shotzi Blackheart. She reminds me, sort of, because of look and in-ring style and all that. She reminds me she's kind of a cross between Lita and Nikki Cross. She's just, I mean, she's she's just super intense, you know. So I, I really liked that energy. But hey, this Randy Lauren, I mean, she's vicious. Good heavens, she's just vicious. And if if you if you didn't know anything about these two, and if you just saw the names, you're like, oh, Randy Lauren, Shotzi Blackheart. Well, Randy's the the baby face, and Shotzi's the heel. No, no, it's it's flipped. It's it's crazy. And so I really thought that was just really incredible. Going uh, for, for that. Uh, next up <clears throat> was Baba Tunde defeating Kobe Carino in a special challenge match. It was only a few minutes long. Baba Tunde, oh my gosh. You want to talk massive? This guy is massive. I mean, he's absolutely massive. And I think... That, um, I mean, he's not exactly a great Kali, uh, and uh, I mean that, I mean that in a good way. Uh, he, he's not, he's not Kali. Uh, Kali had a very rudimentary moveset, very rudimentary. Whereas Bubba Tunde, man, this guy is. This guy is legit. Um, just going to look him up really quick. 
He's 6'9", and he's 355 pounds. I mean, this guy is massive. Uh, he, he just looked like a beast. Good heavens. This is absolutely amazing. Uh, next up was the tag team uh, match with Evolve Tag Team Championships. Air Fox and Leon Ruff with uh, Isla and the Skulk uh, defeating Eddie Kingston and Joe Gacy. Uh, again, it was a car crash of a match, but I loved it. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. This next match, this this made me a believer in Drew Gulak. It was Matt Riddle with uh, Kurt Stallion defeating Drew Gulak in a Catchpoint reunion match. Catchpoint is a shoot style, kind of like a Kurt Angle style. It's me of a, a wrestler. Uh, but kind of that stable. Uh, and Matt Riddle is absolutely amazing. He is absolutely amazing. And but Drew Gulak, uh, he he, man, he he proved something to me because I you know I've seen him in two hundred five live. I've seen him, you know, doing cruiserweight stuff. And at the time, I, I was like, okay, I mean, you're, you're a good wrestler, but I don't know. Okay. Drew Gulak just shut me up. He absolutely took it to that next possible level. It was, it was just that good. It was, it was just, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was super, you know, super good. Uh, so then uh, you had uh, Austin Theory again another person that I had heard a lot about from other podcasts defeating J.D. Drake in a winner takes all match for both the WWN and Evolve Championships this was nuts I mean uh, Austin Theory It, it, it's Austin Theory's world, and we're just living in it. This guy is just a stud. Good heavens. This guy is amazing. He can do anything you ask him to do. He's he's just, he's good. He is really good, and he knows he's good. See, that's, that's the thing. He's good, he's young, he knows he's good. What more do you need? If If I'm... Evolve, even though I'm loosely affiliated with WWE, I'm like, we're not giving up Austin Theory for anything. Uh, it's just, we're not going to. It's We're locking this guy up for, for the next five or ten years. Uh, now, J.D. Drake, uh, kind of the quintessential everyman, type person so you know it was kind of like okay very clearly you root for JD Drake and you know and all that 
he he's a good wrestler too. Um, kind of put him in the same category as Kevin Owens. Um, just a really solid wrestler. Just a really good wrestler. Uh, finally, this was a really good match. It was Adam Cole versus Akira Tozawa for the NXT Championship. And again, much like Drew Gulak, Akira Tozawa shut me the heck up. <laughs> I mean, he just shut me up. Kind of like, oh, you don't think I'm a good wrestler? Oh, let me show you. And he absolutely just went crazy in in that match several times I, I really thought that Karazawa was going to beat Adam Cole but it made sense that Adam Cole retained the uh, the NXT championship but uh, yeah I mean from you know surprise appearances from Giant Gargano and from Paul Heyman both speaking from the heart, just the whole atmosphere, the vibe. I am a fan of Evolve. Anytime they want to get back on the WWE network, I am begging WWE put them on the network. They, they, they earned my my trust. They earned my money. You know, so that's just how that is. Right. Well, again, uh, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back, and we will go through Extreme Rules. I will be right back. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we are finally on the home stretch. We're talking WWE Extreme Rules from Philadelphia. It was insane. It was crazy. So, uh, we had the pre-show. Shinsuke Nakamura beats Finn Balor to become the new Intercontinental Champion. And Drew Gulak, the Cruiserweight Champion, beats Tony Nese. Alright, so, uh, first match uh, of the main card. Sander Taker, Roman Reigns. Defeating Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre, no holds barred tag team match. This was really a good match, and it, it's 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 weird because Undertaker looked just really bad against Goldberg at Super Showdown. Uh, it just absolutely looked bad. He looked his age. It was it was just. It was sad to watch. But with this match against Shane and Drew, he looked like he hadn't missed a step. It was just, it was incredible. So, yeah, I don't know. I I guess it just depends on your dance partner, if if you will, uh, as to, to how The Undertaker performs. Um, but yeah, very good match. Loved the physicality of it. Wasn't too brutal. Um, but it was, it was still, still right on point. 
Uh, next off uh, is the revival, defeating the Usos uh, for uh, to uh, retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. You know, I've I've seen people online saying, "Well, they don't really have good chemistry." Okay, so unfortunately, it's the revival and it's the Usos that are your tag team choices in terms of Raw. So unless you have, you know, another tag team or a couple of other tag teams. I mean that's it. <laughs> those are your, those are your two options. Um, it's a good match, but uh, anyway, uh, this this next match match of the night. Oh my gosh, match of the freaking night. Um, and that was Alistair Black uh, defeating Cesaro. I mean, it was just brutal. They were hitting each other with just, I mean, stiff shots. And that black mass spinning heel kick is just, it's just insane uh, from Alistair Black. And I just, it was just, it was incredible to see how that all went down. Uh, Bailey. Defeating Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss in a handicap match. I mean, I don't see where Alexa or Nikki go from here because this was such a one-sided affair. Uh, Bailey pretty much controlled the flow of that match. She wasn't really in ever any great danger or peril. It was just kind of like. Okay, and so, and a lot of people, myself included, thought that Sasha Banks was going to come in and help, even up the odds, you know, and and all that, but Sasha Banks still is persona non grata in terms of being WWE, and I don't know if she ever wants to come back. Just saying. Uh, the uh, the other match in the night for me was Braun Strowman defeating Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. This went all over the arena. It was it was brilliant. They they did so many you know amazing amazing things going out in the concourse, going to the uh, merchandise stand. That finish down, you know the, you know the the little cubby area was just brilliant. John Cone, I swear that that man gets an award. <laughs> he should get an award for the best uh, blind count I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he was just counting, and it's kind of like you can't see, you can't see what's going on. So why are you why are you counting? But Braun Strowman breaks through the back end of, of the, the enclosure and is your your winner. Hey, Braun Strowman, I'm not saying he's not main event caliber, but if you're not going to pull that proverbial trigger now, 
when are you going to do it? And as far as Bobby Lashley, hey, he showed me stuff. He showed me that he is a big-time player. I just don't see it. I just I don't see Bobby Lashley being a champion um, for the remainder of his career. So maybe he goes to All Elite and tries to rebuild and resurrect his career. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, this was a big, 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 big surprise to me. It was a New Day defeating Daniel Bryan and Rowan and he, uh, Heavy Machinery for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I thought that if you're going to put the tag titles on somebody, that it was going to be onto Heavy Machinery. Um, I, I, I just really thought that was, you know, the thing. Heavy Machinery, I mean, and especially Otis. This guy, this guy is, I mean, he's athletic. He's big. He is kind of a goof in the ring. But, I mean, he really just, he makes that tag team go. As far as, as, far as I'm concerned. I don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Uh, Bryan did a diving headbutt that I didn't think that he was allowed to do anymore because of his history with concussions and brain lesions and 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 all that. And so I I thought, why 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 are you doing the diving headbutt? I I it, it made no sense. Maybe they made it safe or safer for him to do it. But I, I, I still was just like, why, 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 why are we doing this to, to Brian? Given the fact that he's still relatively young and that, you know, he wants to be able to live a quality life outside the ring. I, and knowing what we know now about concussions, I mean, that chair shot, going back to, to Fighter Fest, that chair shot that uh, Cody Rhodes got from Sean Spears was, I mean, that was a sickening thud. It was like, oh my gosh. And you could see that Cody was trying to turn it so it was just kind of like he took it more on the side. But... Yeah, it was it was still a pretty sickening chair shot. So I don't know why WWE signed off on Brian doing the diving headbutt. Made no sense to me. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, AJ Styles, along with the club of Luke Gallows and Carl, Carl Henderson, defeating Ricochet for the United States Championship. This was another no-win situation because if AJ had lost, it would have been like, great, you just reform the club and you bury him. But if Ricochet had lost, then again, you just put the tile on him 
after beating Samoa Joe, uh, do you see something more for Ricochet? Less? Where are we at with Ricochet? Uh, but it was still a really good match. Uh, it was back and forth. I gotta say, I will say that I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that the club had minimal interference. And it was only towards the very, 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 very end that the club got involved. So, like I said, uh, I believe I said this last week with AJ Styles, I'm not angry that he turned heel. I I get it. I I do. Um, but if you're going to make him a heel, make him a heel, you know, really just amp up that, that heel-ishness because it's, it's just, it's, yeah, you, you just gotta. Uh, Kevin Owens defeating Zelf Ziggler in 17 seconds. One stunner, that's it. Um, Dolph Ziggler. I don't know what he's still doing in WWE. I, maybe he's like John Moxley where he loves wrestling, but he doesn't like the creative processing. In which case, I'm like, Dolph, just take your ball, go to All Elite. Go to Evolve, go to Impact, go to Ring of Honor, heck, go overseas. But Dolph Ziggler just looked really disinterested. Uh, then you had uh, Kobe Kingston defeating Samoa Joe. This was another kind of out of nowhere. I was thinking that Joe is going to win the WWE Championship, and that's another person. I know they came from elsewhere, but if you're not going to give Joe a championship, and you're not going to give that championship run a run, cut him loose. Because I think that is really disrespectful to Samoa Joe. When I when I heard that Joe was coming to WWE, I'm like. Oh, this is going to be awesome. And here we are a couple years later. And I'm like, Meh. and you don't want to hear Meh from anybody. Because if you hear meh, it's kind of like, oh, well, do we really want to keep Joe around? That's a dangerous spot for Joe to be in. Uh, finally. Last two matches, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch beating Baron Corbin, Lacey Evans, uh, winner take all, tag, uh, mixed tag team match. Uh, really brutal with the chair shots, with the kendo stick shots. Towards the end, where Becky took that insane bump from the end of days was, it was, it was it was crazy. It was sick. I I had never seen anything like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, and then Brock Lesnar comes down and cashes in 
wins the Universal Championship off of Seth Rollins at the end. I thought that was kind of hokey. But anyway, <clears throat> that is the show for this week. The next time that I will most likely be back will be right around Summer Slam, where we will uh, go through TakeOver in Toronto. We'll go through the uh, biggest event of the summer, Summer Slam. But that'll be about another month or so from now. So, thank you so much for listening to this whole show. You know, it was kind of on the longer side uh, this this week. But thank you so very much for being here. And, like I say, at the end of every show, just like the Beatles sang all those many, many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys, well, like I said, in about a month's time.